Hey, thanks, Gary. It is 7.36 on this Tuesday morning, 14th day of November, 2023. I'm John Reed, and glad you're with us here on News Radio WRVA. Really interesting to me, uh, some of my friends live in California, and a few people who live up in D.C. have taken note of the history-making vote for Delegate Don Scott to become the first black Speaker of the House of Delegates, which, you know, doesn't impress me. A, we've had a black president. We've had a black governor. We've had three black lieutenant governors. We have a black leader of the Senate. We have um, black members of the House of Delegates. This is Virginia. Black people and white people live and work next to each other on a regular basis. It's interesting. My friends from New York. Um, I remember about 20 years ago, a very good friend of mine who was an attorney said, oh, my gosh, I've never had a, a black neighbor before. And I said, what? What are you talking about? In New York, you never had a black neighbor? He's like, well, you know, we're very segregated up there. And I thought, wow, OK. You know, I'd heard this before that the segregated north is very judgmental of the very integrated south. In a modern sense, uh, making the assumption on a lot of occasions that Southerners just are like bred to be racist. I don't, I, you know, I wasn't alive in the forties and fifties or be, or earlier, but I've been alive since the seventies. I don't, and the things have certainly changed. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. If you had a black person on the cover of, of, um, I don't know, GQ magazine when I was in the seventies, the late seventies, people probably would have said, Oh wow, look at this. I mean, and there would have been some negative comments. I think, probably, unless they were an athlete, maybe. Um, so things have changed, I would say, for the better. So I'm just not impressed at this stage by everyone who rushes to say that because a black person gets a job, oh, this is a triumph for civil rights. Maybe, maybe not, especially if the person really isn't qualified for it. So Don Scott you know, my friend in L.A. sent me this. I guess he just heard about it. He's like, oh, this guy's going to be the Speaker of the House. And look, in paragraph 15, they mentioned that he was a drug dealer and spent years in federal prison. And I said, yeah, they're covering up for the guy. They're completely covering up for the guy. I mean, think about it. If, if, um, if you had a gay guy, I'll go to something that I think about and am aware of. I'm sorry if it offends you, but you know, I can't help it if it offends you. Uh, if you had a gay guy who was in the General Assembly and you were about to elect that person to a leadership role and you found out that they had been arrested for turning tricks in Bird Park or over at Pump House Road or something, I'm told that's a big, like, illicit sex area. Trust me, I do not know that, but that's what people have told me over the years. If you found that out, wouldn't you say, uh... Ah, listen, man, I'm sorry. I like you okay. You're nice, but uh-uh, this isn't going to work. Wouldn't you say that? If there was an arrest, like documented, you knew it was true. It wasn't just a nasty rumor. People tell nasty rumors all the time, but it's documented. Wouldn't you say that? Like, this is not the role for you? I think normal, you don't have to be a bigot. That's not a bigoted thing. That's just about to say we have standards. So even if 10 years ago... this was the kind of thing you were doing, you probably would say, I'm not trying to crush you, but we don't know. You're not going to be in the leadership position. Is that unfair for me to say? That's what I would expect. 
I mean, it's one reason in my life, you know, not that I'm a little angel, not that I'm perfect, but I've tried to make like thoughtful decisions. Like, you know, I won't even go through all the stories of times people have tried to lead me in a bad direction. I've said, God, I just don't think that's going <laughs> to. I work for George Allen. He's a U.S. senator. I, I, at the time when I was here in Richmond, I worked on Channel 8. I was like, maybe, maybe, you know, <clears throat> shouldn't do something in public that could come back to haunt you or me, right? So you just telling me that the drug dealing thing isn't a problem. In 2023, we don't care that somebody was a drug dealer and they're 50-some years old and seven years of their life were in federal prison. But sure, be the leader of Virginia, one of the leaders of Virginia as the Speaker of the House. I got a problem with that. And I'm not going to apologize for having some basic standards. And, and like I say, it's not a rumor because I don't deal in rumors. Everyone lies all the time of nasty things about people, and I'm pretty sensitive about that, is one of the people that gets lied about on a regular basis. I'm not going to do that. But this is true. So I, I challenge the Democrats. Tell me what would be a disqualifier for someone to serve in the Democrat Party. Is there anything? You, you let Ralph Northam stay as governor, even though you were outraged that he was either in blackface or in a Klan outfit, one of the two. That didn't bother you. Now we got the drug dealer. And, you know, you didn't. The Democrats didn't ever abandon the porn star prostitute in Enrico. They kept sending money. They kept supporting her. So what is the disqualifier? How about actually obeying the law? You know, Senator Ghazala Hashmi is now accused of lying on her uh, reports, filing papers to run for the Senate about where she lived. Did she actually live in the district or not live in the district? I mean, it should be kind of an easy question to answer, I would think. And I think we know the answer. And what, are we just going to let her off the hook, too? Because, you know, it, it only matters if a Republican does it. It only matters if it's Donald Trump and we can slam him. It only matters if it's Nick Freitas. Remember when they took Nick Freitas off the ballot and he had to mount a write-in campaign? I mean, it was his fault or his people's fault and he took it like a man and said, you know what, I'm going to do a write-in campaign. So tell me why we have a double standard here. You know, we talked to Hayden Fisher, who was the Republican candidate for the Senate seat that Ghazala Hashmi won, air quotes, on Election Day. Hayden is with us this morning. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming back on, and I guess you were getting ready to move on with your life and go back to being a lawyer and everything, but this throws uh, a wrench in that. What's your take on this situation, Hayden? Well, good morning, John. And um, it's really interesting. The people that came forward are her neighbors. Mm. And you know why they call them neighbors, John? Because they live next to her. That's yes. where she lives. Okay. Right? That's right. Yeah. And so this is not something that came out from the campaign. I'd heard that rumor that she didn't actually live in the district. But this this all, this all um, complaint came forward from her neighbors who documented, I think, 62 times of her being at home during the month of October alone and have photographic evidence and video evidence and things like that. So mm -hmm. I don't think there's any real question. Then you look at her paperwork, which I had not. So the issue either. is that she's got a $600,000 home that she and her husband, I guess, have lived in for 25 plus years, which is outside of the new district. And what we're told is that she went and rented an apartment to try to legitimize herself, which I guess you can do, but then you actually got to live in the apartment. I mean, you've got to, that's got to be the transition. That's where your life is. And this was all fake, it seems. Yeah. Did the husband go with her? I mean, that's just kind of, the whole thing is kind of insane, to be honest. But 
she didn't list that residence on her paperwork. So if it's your primary residence, you don't have to list it. Ah. But if it's a secondary residence or an investment property, it should be listed. Well, she didn't list it. So she's implying by not listing it that it's her primary residence, which it is. But then she can't be in Senate 15. And she can't register to vote in Senate 15. And she voted in in Senate District 15. Hmm. So there's all kinds of problems here. And um, it does throw everything into... You know, so, it's kind of a mess. We'll see what happens. Again, this is not being led by me or my campaign. This is being led by her neighbors. Well, so, I remember I saw well, the story right before Election Day, and, of course, it was intriguing to me. I've been around this stuff, and, and the paperwork does count. I guess it depends on who you are, whether anyone takes it seriously. But I didn't make a big deal out of it, even though I thought it was a significant story, because I thought, well, it's right before the election. Uh, I'm not an investigative reporter anymore. I I. I don't have 10 hours to go track this down so that I don't go on the radio and say something is not true. But Luke Rosiak does it, and it does appear that some people are paying attention. Have we heard from Ghazala Hashmi directly in response to this? To my knowledge, she's not made any statements on about it, and she probably is wise not to make any statements. What, what is um, the, I'm the, not her lawyer. But. What's the way to pursue this? At this stage, does, is it the state board of elections that gets involved? Is it the prosecutor in Chesterfield? How does this get adjudicated? Well, there's all those options. I mean, a complaint was made to the registrar. They should have already invest- started an investigation. You know, my understanding, I think I've heard that there's, there may be some legal action being pursued as well. I kind of mm-hmm. looked at it, but I don't think it's re- and really this has already been started by, again, her neighbors. These are her neighbors. They call them neighbors because yeah. they live beside her. Yeah. And they're the ones that know she lives there because they see her every day, and they filed the complaint, a formal complaint. So my, my understanding, they're pursuing it, and um, they're very angry about it because they know she lives there, and she's claiming she doesn't. And she not only wants to represent the 15th, but she registered to vote there. She shouldn't be. She can't vote in that district if you don't live there. I can't go rent an apartment somewhere and go vote in that district. I have to live there. Right. So well, it just undermines the entire. It undermines the entire system, and to me, this one is just. So arrogant and so blatant, it's just mind-boggling. Yeah. So she's got to be held, she's got to answer questions minimally. And if she was trying to play games and just figure she could get away with it, she needs to be held accountable for that. I mean, every well, member of the General Assembly had to deal honestly, with this. If she'd answered, if she'd answered these honestly and submitted these forms honestly, she would not have gained ballot access. Right. Yeah. So she should have never been on the ballot. I think it's pretty qualified. clear. Yeah, every, yeah. every member of the General Assembly on the day the maps came out had to go look. Oh, my God, where are the lines? Am I in the lines or out of the lines? And then they got a tough decision to make. You know, like I, I mentioned yesterday, Amanda Chase was in that. She's a, she was a sitting senator and she could have gone and bought an apartment or a condo or something and moved and tried to play games with it. But she didn't. And then she ultimately lost uh, the nomination and didn't didn't get the Republican nomination and won't be in the Senate next year. I mean, you know, people have to make these tough decisions all the time. Why is Amanda Chase the bad guy? Everybody beats up on Amanda Chase, but she's playing by the rules. And then Ghazala Hashmi, what, does she get a pass? Because she tried to apparently, I want to be fair here, apparently tried to be a little too cute with this. Uh, no, let's, let's hope well, some people push this. It's downright fraudulent, if you ask me. Good point. Yeah, cute, cute versus criminal, right? Okay. Hayden right. Fisher, the uh, former Republican candidate for the Senate, and we will stay in touch with you as more information comes out about this. Thank you.
Thank you, John. Seven forty-eight. I mean, can you? But you know what I'm saying. Come on. Let's let's just enforce the rules against everybody equally. I'm not asking for special treatment. You don't have to give my people special treatment. You really don't. I don't want that for Republicans. Hold Republicans accountable, but come on, hold Democrats accountable too. We're back with more in a moment on News Radio WRVA.